What's up, guys? I'm Lex McMahon, the angry chihuahua, Jose <laughs> Shorty Torres, and the sexiest man in MMA. What the boy? What's up, Steven? What's up, y'all? Good to see you, brother. You too, my friend. Love what's it, man. up? What's up? I feel like the guests keep Thank getting skinnier, for... but I keep getting so? chunkier. You think like, so? It's just weird. It gets skinnier, and I'm just like slowly <laughs> blowing up. It's because you've never met any food that you don't like. That's also true. That, that is true. true. I literally bought this man... Is a kind gesture because he came out to camp to support me. I bought him his favorite cereal, Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs. Delish. Ate got, the entire box in 20 minutes, that. Wonder Boy. <laughs> 20 minutes, the wait, entire box. Wait, you finished the box? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you kid- You're kidding me, right? And, yeah. some- and yeah. sometimes Publix will have them like two for one, and like, you know, he's like bad luggage. I can't get rid of him. <laughs> so he's always at my house, right? So I buy him, you know, the two for one. They'll both be gone on the same day. All right. And so, you're gonna fight in like two weeks. Yeah, well, that's also the problem. <laughs> yeah. here's, here's I don't the understand why I'm 65 pounds overweight. He's, he's my enabler, so he's like, "Shorty, you have weight cutting problems. Here's these Reese puffs." It's like, <laughs> that's usually how it is. My problem is the food in front of me. You know, so I'm like, "Dude, I okay. Well, I'm not gonna like slowly eat this throughout the days. I'm just gonna finish this now and be over and done with." And then he buys me a box of cereal. I'm like. You I hate I, you, I but I love you. Now. I gotta devour it now, and then I don't know. Or later on the night, there's another box of cereal. I'm like, because I love you. And he's just laughing the entire time. And I was like, okay, don't. Tip All me right, Shorty. Well, let's not talk about your food drama. Let's talk about the Furious Five. How'd you say it earlier? How'd you say it earlier? The Furious. The five? Furious Five. There you go. I feel we had this conversation earlier. I feel like the Furious Five. We've got to have like a graphic that pops up. That would be cool with like the kung the kung fu panda crew. But yes. I, I'm of course Poe. Like I've got to be Poe. Po. Yeah. If that's the case, who would I be? The monkey? I think you might be the monkey. No, yeah. you're Tigress, bro. Tigress. I mean, I hate to make you a chick, but she's the badass one. She is. She is. You know what? You know what? I, I we'll call you Tiger. This is this is a new era, man. This is like it's okay to be whatever you want. So now right. Tigress is identified as Wonder Boy. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, people call me Wonder Woman. I was like, listen, Wonder Woman can kick everybody's behind. It's true story. So, Thank you. I don't mind it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Shorty, what you got? All right. So I just want to compliment you. You are probably the flyest guest we've ever had. Oh, well, so thank you. Looks I'm, good. Looks good. This guy say, says I'm, I'm, I'm good looking. You say I'm fly. I'm loving this, right? Yeah. I, it's, it's, as it's, of right it's now. It's a complimenting podcast. <laughs> we insult each other, but we compliment Listen, we're in Alabama, so I actually I wore pants and a, a collar shirt. But since we're in Alabama, I didn't wear shoes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was about to pretty redneck up in here, man. I saw, hey, I'm from South Carolina. I know me some redneck, all right? <laughs> You're like a, a very... Classy redneck. Thank you. You know, like Pops didn't want you to be too redneck, but you you got some redneck in you, man. It's in the fam. It's in the fam. You know. So All I'm right, Shorty, what you got? All right. And so, because of your style of fighting and you are a veteran of the sport, what fighter did you idolize growing up? Oh, well, that's a that's a that's a very good question. Oh, uh, there's a few people actually. Well, for one, uh, let's go let's go movies. Is it okay? Go oh, yeah, yeah, then, yeah, let's do. Okay, for one, it was it was my first and foremost, Bruce Lee, my dad. You know, was a huge Bruce Lee fan, and from there it went to it went to John Claude. We were talking about John Claude not too long ago. I watched all of his movies. You know, you can do the John Claude dance. You know, you can, (laughs) bro. I'm not gonna pull that off right now. Okay, (laughs) will the cameras on? Move the chairs. chairs? Um, But I think as a fighter, um, let's say let's say earlier UFCs. I love Tank Abbott. Completely not my style. Dude, I, I kind of look like Tank. Tank. <laughs> if I had a full, like a goatee going, 
Hey, I was thinking it, but you said it. Yeah, I could be Tank or Chemo, one of the two. Like a little bit darker skin. If you grow the beard out a little bit, definitely Tank. Yeah, yeah. Tank Abbott was one of my best. And then, obviously, the karate master himself, Leo Tomachito. He was kind of my inspiration. You know, watching him do his thing, you know, I can do that. I can do that. You probably saw him and said, man... It's possible because oh, oh yeah. everybody said, "Oh no, you know, you know, karate guys can't come into MMA and really do it." And Lyoto showed, like, in the back in the old day, that you know, for sure, we're doing the early UFCs, but you know, the newest iteration as MMA had evolved. Right. Um, Lyoto showed that not only could you do it, you could dominate. Yeah, I mean, know? he was champion. Wait, wait, yeah. was he? Yeah, he was champion. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and my, my style of karate is obviously a little bit different. He's a little bit more of a traditional stylist. You know, he drinks his tea in the morning. That's traditional. Yeah, yeah, that's karate. super traditional. Mm-hmm. I never, I never got down with that. By mm-hmm. the way, more just, Americanized. just point of clarification. <laughs> never no for me. Urine, but he was definitely one of my all-time favorites. Okay, Lex. You know, man, it's, it's it's two. It's Muhammad Ali because I love what Muhammad does as or did as a um, being bigger than the sport. Right. He understood that, that, that athletes have a role, but man, he talked. He made it entertaining. Then he. Backed it Backed up. It. So I love Muhammad Ali, but also Bruce Lee, man. Like I, to me, like he just he personified what martial arts is. Yeah. To me, you know, and, and so those are my two guys. He, he, I would say he's in my top five for sure. Yeah. All right. For me, the, I've got, always, yeah, I've said it multiple times in the podcast. Manny Pacquiao, I'm a fan of Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao. He's actually he's, he's like verified as the number one fan of Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, yeah. He actually follows. Wait, me, there's so a verification of that. Wait, Manny sure. follows you? Yeah, he, for some reason follows me. Yeah, he probably thinks you've got a dog that he can eat. Probably. No, 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 no. Which that's actually the reason. Tell Wonderboy the story. That's one of the reasons why he started boxing. So they were so poor in the Philippines that his father had to eat his dog to feed the family. What? And so, and he's not like, just a dog, the family dog. Yeah. So he's like, all right, I gotta go like no. make money somewhere, yeah. and he decided to turn pro. To hey, Manny, bring me Scooter outside. Yeah. I'm gonna, and we're gonna eat him for dinner. And he like fake his age so he can turn pro faster and fight and do all these things. He started at 108, ended his career at least his championship career run at 154. No wonder he looked now like he's he was 41 12. years old. Dude, he's had the biggest. Yeah. He's had the biggest cast out of every weight class. Have you That's ever watched any of his fights? He How old is the he now? Cast, 41. 41 and, and like legit could be president of the Philippines. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. He's, he's so like popular there. The Muhammad he's done so many of good the Philippines. Things, you know? I was in the Philippines. I think it was after the Johnny Hendricks fight. That was the one person I really wanted to Did you go with Brandon Vera? Uh, who did I go? No, I didn't go with Brandon Vera. That was, I think it was 2015 after the Hendricks fight. Yep. Uh, we went up there. We kind of did a tour. Super cool place. So, super cool. We did some, uh, um, uh, what is it? What is it? The Philippine martial arts. Um, Kale! Kale, yes. That was so Kale! Cool. <laughs> you gotta say it yeah. like that. Kale! <laughs> Super cool, man. I loved it. Alright. So what you see. got? What's next? Lay it on us. Favorite martial arts movie scene? Not just movie, but movie scene? Movie scene. So if like you're like, man, this is the like the martial arts scene that really got me into it, or I, I'm gonna show it off to somebody because it's just my favorite, what would it be? Okay, so obviously I, 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 there was no say-so. Growing up, you know, Pops I started watching at three, mm-hmm. so there was no really anything that got me into it. But Pops, it was just as important as our as our education, martial arts was. Honestly, mm-hmm. probably more important because oh, yeah. it started before. Oh, it did, one hundred percent. It was the foundation. It's the foundation. Like I joke and say, "Oh, the house of karate built," but really, karate built the men and women of your family. Yes, sir. Because your your sisters, everybody's done karate. Everybody, and I got thirteen nieces and nephews. Started at the age of three. Yeah. Same thing. We built an army, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you got we the Wyvins now. We got there. the Wyvins. We got Woo. the Machados. 
I know. Dad's trying to hook me up with Cyborg. <laughs> it just keeps that's on going. That's one way. Cy- Cyborg is my crush. Yeah. Oh, that's, she's that's, my that's, MMA crush. That's oh, everybody crush, looks yeah. at me it's like, hilarious. oh my God. I'm like, no, dude, she's hot. I, I, I don't know about that. I don't know about WB. There's something about a woman that can kick your ass that's it's enticing. Dude, I had to do a meet and greet next to her, and yeah. I was like, I'm terrified. I don't know how you're attracted like to her. loved it. We well, me my experience with her, we were at the uh, nice the UFC summit, though. right? Mm-hmm. And by the way, she's an awesome person. Yeah, yeah she's amazing. Super, sweet, super. I got to hang out with her. It was really cool. And I think some girl was talking about her on Twitter, and she confronts this lady, right? Oh, dude, I was in Vegas a few yes. years back. Yes, like and five years ago or something. Me and me and Chris Weidman tried to break it up, and Chris grabs Cyborg, and Cyborg looks at him and says, "Don't you touch me." And you know, Chris is the champion at the time. He backs up, like, bro, bro I would have been so I aroused. got nervous for him. I, I would have been so away. aroused at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I can't that love it. Like no. That sounds like Lex. No, she when she says you're, I mean. I mean, I don't know. I mean, she grabs you and says, you're mine. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't yeah. fight her off. No, There's no, no way of fighting her off. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm going to go down fighting, but with her, I should be like, take me on your horse, baby. Yeah. Like, let's okay. go. There's got to be somebody. Right now, WB's going in his mind. He's processing. Like, oh my God, that's horrible. Oh like, no, no <laughs> it's, do it. it's awesome. That's the first oh, time Lex pulls guard. Yeah. <laughs> Come to me. Yeah. <laughs> by, to by the way, what's pulling guard for you? I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, but I'll figure God. it out. Yeah. But favorite fight scene, I would say, would be the, the very first Matrix. So we used to have a demo team. We would go around and perform martial arts in front of like halftime shows, you know. Uh, and with like the, the, the bow staff, bow the swords, staff, like all that, that shit. So and fun to watch you guys It was really do that. cool. And then we did, we did a, 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 the Matrix fight scene, right? Mm-hmm. A, a skit. And that was kind of like our inspiration was from that very first fight scene of him. You know, downloading whatever he had in his head, I and he's fighting. Fu. And he, yeah, he's like, "I know kung fu." And he does that first fight scene. It was super cool. And you don't look at Keanu Reeves as being a martial artist, but he actually is now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think from that movie, he still trains martial arts. Still does does jujitsu. Does a lot of gunfighting as well. What I, what I, I was gonna say, what I like about Keanu is when he puts himself into a role. You know, even back in the Point Break days, Johnny yeah. Utah, like he really put himself into the role, and he he learns it and he does it. And he's since he went into uh, Point Break. That's, he's been training weapon manipulation since then and, and how to properly handle a firearm. He actually trained with one of my buddies really? who's a Navy SEAL, Sean Ryan, what? and has a company called Vigilance Elite. And in, I think before the last Matrix came out, he trained with him. And he learned CQB. You see, you see, like you can find it on YouTube him doing the three gun stuff. You know, the, that, that was with my buddy. Yeah. That, no way. Yeah. yeah. Got that was with my buddy. Yeah. That. All right. That's my favorite. That's my all-time That's a good favorite one. fight scene. It's a good one. Yours? So, I mean, I've got... God, you're so gorgeous, Lee. <laughs> I've got Lee Stucky over there massaging his, his face, face and his scalp. He's so... You can't help but look over there. Mosquito bites. <laughs> <laughs> the mosquitoes made sweet love to his face last night in the pond. <laughs> but, my, so, there's two things. One is, I think in every martial arts movie is, you want to fight? Fight me! <laughs> like that little start, I love that. There's yeah. something about it. so cheesy, but fun. But actual scene going to when Bruce Lee is in the room with the mirrors, and oh, dude, that's yes. such an intense and scene. And he roundhouses that guy, and it looks like he just like just when he flies out of the scene out of the yes. screen. That was sick. That's mm-hmm. a badass scene. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, mine. I agree. Uh, for me, one of my first films I ever saw was Jackie Chan's Drunken Master Two. And yeah, it's a room. Man, that was the best. And like the very first scene he fights, where his stepmom just keeps throwing him alcohol. Yeah. And like one of them, he takes a drink of it. He's like, "Oh, what's this?" 
She goes, I don't know. And he throws it back. She goes, what's it mean when there's a picture of a skull on it? And he's like, good, stop. good stop. And he just keeps on fighting. He gets stronger and stronger and, and stronger. And she was so comical in that movie, yeah. too. She was great, man. And that was the best thing for Jackie Chan was he was right after Bruce Lee. Everyone was trying to mock you know, yeah. or he, you know, he, he to just did his own Bruce thing. Lee. Yeah. Man, you know? Own stunts. He was funny it. with it. You know, yeah. there was a lot of comedy. But he truly stuff. did his own stunts. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think there was a few times where I, I remember this one time. I remember what movie it was. But he falls through these layers of like yeah, I know Outdoor. exactly where he's moving. We, and I think he broke his back in yeah. real life or something like that. He broke his neck. He's yeah. done a few of them where like he's hanging on a clock tower and he's falling four stories. And that was it. To, yeah. that he's was supposed it. to go through like aprons. He was yeah. over in the Europe. He, he did it three times. He did the first one, landed on his neck, broke his neck. Then he goes, ah, I didn't like the shot. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> and the cra- and he did it two more times. Yeah. The way it was on that guy. Woo. Oh, the yeah. crazy thing was, he goes, I was scared every single time doing it. So instead of just letting go, I would hold on until my grip just let go. Wow. And then he would fall. And that's what and made it come look back so much more later. natural. Yeah. You know? And so they added all three shots to it. So if you rewatch the film, when so you see the it. when you no, when you see the fall, it's three different falls. They oh, just wow. kept it in because it was just awesome. Yeah, so epic. What? And he, and one of them he literally after he breaks his back, they literally pick him up and drag him and he still has to keep on acting. Guys are not, man. Hey, broke, it's it's Hong Kong, Kong, dude. They don't they don't take oh, you know like there's yeah. no, no oh I need some time off. It's a, Get back in there, Jackie. Throw some kicks. And what was cool about that, he was a stuntman for Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he got injured. And in, in, uh, Enter the Dragon. Yeah. All right. Different question. What's your mindset before the first bell rings? So after the walkout, you're inside the cage, you know, whoever's the, the ring announcer, and you're just waiting for that bell to start. What's your mindset in that moment? The, the one thing that's kind of that I'm feeling, that I'm feeling before that first round, there's no really thinking. Um, it's just I feel a whole overwhelming sense of confidence. Mm-hmm. And because I know going out before uh, the fight, I mean, I know in my head that I've done everything that I could possibly could to prepare for this fight. Mm-hmm. You know, if I get injured, there's always something that I can do in the gym. Um, you know, when people are taking time off, which you see it from time to time, again, even at a professional level, you get guys with injuries or they feel a little bit, you know, a little under the weather. weather I'm not going to go on for training. But that, that, that's the difference, man, is – your life is martial arts. Right. Even when you're not doing MMA, you're in the gym at Upstate Karate, teaching 800 kids and spending time, and you're just you're there. That's your life, man. Every day, every day. Like all you said, day, three years day. old. Yeah, ever since I was three, I was. We were raised in the dojo. Mm-hmm. We were raised in the dojo. But that's that's kind of the feeling that I get is an overwhelming sense of confidence. Um, I know as you're waiting in the back, which is the worst part of it all, is waiting when you know you're up next. You know, I'm hoping Asteroid comes down to blow the place up so I don't have to go out there and fight. <laughs> that's what literally, maybe, I mean, I'm, you know, that's what I'm feeling. And then, you know, of course, I walk out to Tenacious D by Jack Black, Wonder mm-hmm. Boy, and that kind of puts a smile on my face. Yeah. It kind of relieves the It was stress. the perfect song, man. Oh, I love it. And, and it's, my brother's been asking me to fight, you know, walk out of that song for years. And finally, it was... It was uh, your UFC, I think your second it, Yeah, it was my second yeah. fight. I asked the, my Twitter followers, like, what should I walk out to? No. And they said, Wonder Boy by Tenacious D. have been walking out to it ever yeah. since. And, I mean, there was no question in my mind. No, as soon as it, I heard it, I was like, it. why haven't we not done this before? <laughs> Puts a smile on my face. And then, <laughs> while you're up there, while you're up there, and then, you know, Bruce has done his thing, and I'm sitting here looking at the guy, because you know the fight doesn't start until that gate is, mm-hmm. is closed. And it feels like it's slow motion. Everything else is fast paced, but Just up until that moment, ever. I'm watching him, and it's like he shuts it, you know, and it's like he puts that little pin in the gate, and it's like slow motion. And as soon as it hits, I don't remember anything else until mm-hmm. after the fight. Wow. I don't remember anything because 
from then on, you know, it's just reaction time, right? Yeah. It's, Matrix. It's the pre- preparation that you're putting in before um, what makes that muscle memory happen. So you want to say you kind of go on like autopilot? Yes. I mean, there are some key things that, that kind of go through my head. For instance, when my coaches, where you were, we were sitting there cage side when Pop says spin, yeah, and I fought Jake Ellenberger, yep. and that's just like, like a like something that just clicked. I knew what to do. Yep. Right? Or show me the money when you fought. Show Stitchin. me the money. Yeah, show me the money. Yep. Jab cross roundhouse. So you got these little key words that Pop yells out there, um, and pretty much there's not a whole lot of instruction even when I go back to the corner because mm-hmm. he kind of I've been fighting since I was 15 years old. It's just. Go out there and do your thing. He may give me little pointers here and there, but it's not like a, an overwhelming. Yeah, it's nice. You know, yeah. and simple to understand. Right, right. Get a little keywords. That's about it. For me, it's you know it depends on how the fight goes. You know, obviously the mental health aspect of of fight. If you're had pre-fight anxiety, you're just all over the place before you know the bell rings. For me, some of my fights, if I've come out smiling and happy, I'm just like. Well, this cage is uh, closed. Let's see how you know how this goes. Just, right. All the hard stuff is done. Yep. The fight, and I'm pretty sure you agree, is the easiest part. No matter what happens, it is literally e- the easiest part. Whether oh, yeah. win, lose, draw, sub, knocked out, whatever the case may be, you're like, it's it's not that bad. Yeah, you're literally after the fight. You know, you give it a week to heal up from training camp, not the actual yeah. fight. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. And if it, if it was me, you know, I know you got a fight coming up. Yeah, man. So. Little uh, just advice going, and this is something that my dad always tells me, and you're, you, you've, you've heard him say it mm-hmm. time and time again. Before I step out in the, in, in the octagon in the cage, and this always gives me a, a, a sense of calmness as well. My, my dad always says, listen, no matter what happens, your family, your friends, your students are still going to love you. Just go out there and have some fun. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when I lose, it's like, you know what? Let's go out there and have some fun. So it always kind of keeps it gives me a sense of calm before I step out there. No matter what. I mean, you're the one stepping out there doing the work when, you know, 99.9% of the population don't have the guts to do it, yep. you know? Good so, keyboard warriors. Oh, yeah. You got those keyboard that's, warriors. For me, I mean, somebody asked me this the other day. I think it was in one of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the part that I'm most concerned about is those moments before. Right. Once, once I'm in, man, like, I'm in, you know, but I've got so many things that I've never experienced and I've got so many things that, that drive emotion for me and I'm an emotional person mm-hmm. and it's those quiet moments that I've got to figure out how to, how to handle properly so that when I get into the cage, I'm going to be cool. You know, right. like we've emulated kind of done several times a full practice where we, we go through like hand wrapping to going out to the next phase and and you know walking into the cage the walkout song all that sort of stuff and um, it's that moment when actually when I get my hands wrapped that I, I have the toughest time with my emotions. Uh, I'm with you. I'm you with know? you right there because you know that you're getting. Ready I guess it's to real at that battle. point. Right, yeah. it's yeah. real. There's no. You're putting on your armor. You're putting yeah. whatever it is. You know. And I feel yeah. like backstage is like the longest time before oh, the fight. I hate it. It's the longest time, especially if you're the core main event. You're just waiting there. And everybody else is done. They're done with their fight. They're all happy. You know, they're, <laughs> you're like, oh my God. Yeah, I'm just like, oh my God, I still got to do this. Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, like, I've been for 12 years in this sport. You know, I've been in the back at the highest level doing all this sort of stuff. And, but now that I'm doing it, as opposed to, to you know, being kind of a voyeur, kind of looking in on you guys doing it, it's different, man. It's a whole new animal. But what's cool is that how many people, knowing what these guys are going through, is putting themselves in that situation as well. Sure. Right? You're doing that. That's yeah. a, I mean, I don't care who you are. That takes some balls. I say it takes some balls, man. Yeah. That takes some balls. 
right. So next question: Who is somebody you fanboy over? <laughs> you know what? I, I I've never I've never fanboyed over anybody. Um, no one whatsoever. I nobody. I've met some of the. I've met the Rock. You know. Um, Walk by the president of the United States. He's waved to you. That was my after my last fight in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, John Claude hung out with him. Actually went out with him in Montreal with GSP. Um, <laughs> that had to be a pretty interesting. That year. was a George pretty interesting. Jean Claude <laughs> I was in the shadows, just letting them do their thing. You know, <laughs> just watching. But um, by the way, you just you just like elbowed yeah, the. I did. That's what you <laughs> get. Don't you look at me like that. You're gonna be stuffed Ooh, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, I. I think that, you know, when you're in when you're in this kind of a sport, you meet a lot of people. Yeah. You meet yeah. a lot of really cool, high-profile people. But at the end of the day, the people that I've met are just regular people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're normal people who work their behinds off to get to where they're at. And I look at them like, you know what? I can do the same thing. So you I have guess, done the same thing. You know what? I, 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 I'm glad you think so. I'm waiting for that belt around yeah. my waist. And I think even then, I don't think I'll... I'll still feel satisfied. And I think that's just the way I am. You know, I, I want to be, I want to be the best at what I do, and I and not just to be have the belt, but I want to be known as one of the best fighters I ever lived. Yeah. And for me, the fighting in this industry, the money's just a bonus. I do it for the honor and the and the glory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been fighting since I was this big, so that's what I want to be known as. Just one of the best fighters. And, so like and, my height. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Started no, that was like, that, that was when he started at three. Yeah, 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 yeah. started yeah. at that height and yeah. then grew. Yeah, worked my way up, <laughs> and uh, you know that that's why I do it. But to be honest with you, if if I was gonna fan boy over anybody, it's in a completely different sport. I love the game, mm-hmm. and um, I was this close. Was to it meeting. Ninja? It wasn't Ninja. Oh, okay. It was a guy named Doctor Disrespect. Okay, I've, I've who Doctor Disrespect? Yeah, yeah. The funniest dude. I mean, the guy makes bank. Just playing video games. And he's like 40. Mm-hmm. I think he's 40 years old. Character, bro. Look this guy Wait, up. Let's talk he's about awesome. when you bought your first house. The only piece of furniture you had was a gaming chair. You slept it. in it. <laughs> you slept in it. You did it. You're like, check out my house. I'm like, WB, where's your there's, furniture, there's bro? Nothing. He's like, there's no, nothing. no, I got my gaming I chair. I got my gaming chair. I'm ready to go. It was funny because my sister from, from Texas... My oldest sister, she comes in, she looks at my house, she starts crying. It's like, you can't afford anything? I'm like, no, I just haven't had, I'm a guy. I haven't had, I had a place, I like a little cot, you know. I come home from work one day, fully furnished, every, every room in the house. She paid for everything. I'm like, but you didn't have to do that. Are you kidding me? I just got a bonus. I just got the fight of the night bonus, you know, after yeah. fighting my first fight. I was like, no, you ain't got to do it. But she, she did, man. That's awesome, man. But that's but, your uh, family. I think, yeah, that's, yeah, she'll, she's awesome. My whole family's like that, so. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think it would be Doctor Disrespect. He's he's a, such a cool dude. Man. Shout out! You gotta reach out. I don't know if you're watching this, but Doctor D, let's go. <laughs> Lex, what about you? If I was gonna fanboy or have a fanboy, over is it cyborg? I don't know. Cyborg. Have you, have you met her? Oh yeah, no, I've met her a oh, bunch, okay, man. Okay. Um, but she's still cool. Like even though I'm kind of enamored by her, like I didn't fanboy. Lawrence Taylor, back in the day, really? he was the guy that I. And as a person, he's had some. Some challenges as a man, you know, but what he did on the field, he redefined the linebacker position, mm-hmm. and I I emulated in a much slower rate and pace, but I emulated my style of play from him. Wow. 
and that pure aggression and just crashing down the line again much much slower but i had the same aggression man like but like lawrence could go out and, and do you know a pound of coke and bang 10 hookers and walk onto the field and be like boom let's go like he was just he was full energy full go all the time but something about him he changed the sport of football in my mind you know and so he's always a guy like and I, I did get to meet him and i was like Mr. Taylor, how are you doing, LT? Good wow. to see you, sir. Like, I, and I'm, you know, I've met everybody, man. Yeah. Like, I yeah. totally had a tough time with him. Weird, <laughs> That's right? So cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Ah, for me, I was a huge fan of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when they came out. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah, and that's what also got me into martial arts. Was it the green It ranger? was the green and white ranger, Tommy Oliver, which yes. is crazy that he had a, a Facebook fan page. And I decided, like, oh, let me message him because he's replying back to some people. A few weeks later, he replies back. Wow. And I was letting him know, like, hey, I'm an MMA fighter. I'm still an amateur. Um, this is my record. And honestly, it's because of you. This is why I started. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to send you some gear. And he sponsored Whoa, no me way. a bunch of gear. And I'm a college student that doesn't work. I have no money. So I'm like, man, I'm just decked out in all this new gear. It's awesome. And I'm just kind of like just fanboying. Like, this is great. Years later, he sponsors me to go to the Czech Republic for a tournament. He sponsored me to go here to a tournament. And then I actually finally got to meet him in person. And the whole time, I'm just sitting there. I'm just just quiet. And I'm just letting him speak and talk the entire time. And now that, you know, I have his number and I can communicate with him every once in a while and even just, you know, put my emotions You're out. You're not sending dick pics, are you? Dude, he... Not, not, not yet. <laughs> not, yet. not yet. Yeah. But he what sends up? me... Dude, he sends me... You know, you ever have that person that just has that iconic voice? Yeah. For him, he had the iconic voice in Power Rangers. So when he messages me, he does uh, voice messages. So I literally, I don't care what he says. I just listen to it. I'm just like, this is awesome. That's him. <laughs> That's so well, cool, he was bro. an MMA fighter too, right? Yeah. yeah. He fought MMA as I well. I think he was like two or three and oh, and then he was like, I want to fight CM Punk, and the fight never happened, but it was <laughs> awesome. There was like a petition. Yeah, yeah. Um, it would have been cool. I thought that would have just been a fun celebrity deathmatch yeah, type that of fight. Sick. But uh, for Green me, that power, was a guy, right? even still today, again, I still, I talked to him. I've hung out with him. He just speaks, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna listen. I don't care that's what you're telling me. I'm gonna listen. So <laughs> that's that's, cool. that's just me. That's awesome. What do you got, Shorty? All right, the fun one, the one I told you is gonna be. Oh gosh, okay. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. So we usually go kind of crazy, and we ask them. We're like, oh, it's Wonder Boy. Maybe we should tone it down. I said, no, no, no. You know, here's a couple subject matters. Maybe we don't broach on, but the rest, <laughs> make it awkward. Make it. You Let's know. go. So I know your father's in your life. Everywhere you go, you respect him to the fullest. It was the same thing with my father, but I was also very terrified of my father. Yes. Because my father did crazy things to me. But what's the most scared you've ever been uh, before you saw your father? Like, did you do something and you knew your father was going to, like, tear you apart or something or whatever the case may be? Mr. T is tough, dude. So there could be oh, – I mean, you were a good kid, so, I know, but uh, still. But still. If it was anybody that getting getting ass whoopings, it was me. Yeah. I mean, pretty much on a regular basis. From all the kids? Oh, all oh the yeah. Kids, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean – you know, I was very mischievous, man. I, I was always, you know, either getting my brothers into trouble, my sister into trouble. I was the one getting my behind whooped, <laughs> behind whooped. And a lot of my punishment was having to fight my sister. So, and by the way, Lindsay's oh, she was the first fighter of the family. Yeah, my oh. sister fought kickboxing. I mean. She walked around 175 pounds. I mean, jacks. I mean, in high school. Yeah. She was Jack. just a big girl. And, and, and she's older. And she's older. She'll be 40 this year or next year. Yeah. Uh, still, I mean, bigger forms than me. I mean, she's, <laughs> uh, she whooped my behind. And I think it was, if, it, nothing really 
that I did that was ter- that was like you know too terrible. But if we ever got caught, you know, fighting mm-hmm. anywhere with our siblings, because we fought, we were all a bunch of alpha dogs. Right. We were always fighting everywhere we went. We were punching, kicking each other, fighting. My dad was just tired of it one day, and um, if we ever got in trouble, we had to fight big sis. And no gear. Into the dojo. Here we go. This was actually at the house. My dad would always pull out the cop. cop. It was always after dinner. Mm-hmm. And if we ever got in trouble fighting or getting into a little, you know, getting in trouble in the neighborhood, whatever, I had to fight my sister Lindsay. And uh, he would pull the coffee table out of the way. And no gear. We could we couldn't close fist to the face, but we could palm heel to the face. We could kick to the legs, the body, the head, and it was full contact. We could not stop until he said we could stop. Oh boy! So you know, I would have loved to seen some of those matches, man. Oh man, we were we were scrappy, scrap. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, it was rough, but you know, it taught me a lot, and it conditioned us as sure, well. Conditioned sure. me. Um, so, like I said, there's a, now obviously it's your sister, so it's different. But there's something very cool, let's say it that way, yeah. about a woman that's that's empowered, oh, that yeah. can defend herself, that can can like you know get after it and scrap, man. Like I know your sister; she's amazing, dude. But she's got this air of confidence because she knows. Hey man, I can get I after. Go down, yeah, exactly. And, and that's one thing we, we never had to worry about my, my sisters. Never yep. going out their own, going out with guys. Never had to worry about because we knew they could take care of themselves. That's right. <laughs> and even to today, after you know, she's got four. They're what, 14, 15, 16, 17, back to back. She's got four kids. She's wow. still. I would not mess with her. And she's got this. Well, well now she's got jujitsu too because exactly. she's been, she married <laughs> Carlos Machado. So now she's like badass kickboxer who's got jujitsu. Got jujitsu. So that was probably the. I mean. The most nerve-wracking I've ever been was have, knowing that I had to fight her. And it wasn't really – of course, my dad, he just give you a look and you piss your pants. Mm-hmm. That's just the way he was. Yeah. We lived at the dojo. If I ever got in trouble at, at, the, at the school, he would, he would put me on the hard floor and maybe do knuckle push-ups. And sometimes he would just forget about me. And if he, if he looked over, he looked where I was. If I wasn't doing those push-ups – I know how to fight my sister when I got home. <laughs> so, oh, knuckle man. push-ups all day, man. He was sitting for hours just forget yeah. about me. Parents, you know, karate parents come like, you okay, Steven? I'm like, yes, man. Yes, man. <laughs> you know, but there's something about, I think, our society gets too caught up in now, which is, you know, being too soft on kids. Like, don't, don't, yeah. you don't want to be hard on a child. No, man, you need to be hard in a loving need way. To learn that now. But you've got to learn those tough lessons early because it conditions you. Right. Whereas if you don't learn those hard lessons, you're given a soft life, you learn that too. Exactly. You know, and you know what? I see that something every day with, with kids coming into the school, you know, um, where, you know, parents are coming to me asking me to make, you know, make their kids behave at home. I said, listen, you know, I can do so, only so much. Right. You know, I can't go home with a kid. And you've always kind of, since you got to a certain age, run the, the child's program, right. the kid's program. Yeah, you know? and, th- and that's one of the reasons why inside, outside the octagon, I got 600 kids back home that watch every move I make. Yeah. So, you know, being a good example for them, you know, that, that's what it's all about for me. Yeah, so inside and outside of the octagon. But, you know, I can, I can make them respect me here, but you're going to have to do it at home. And people and parents want to be friends with, with their kids. And there's nothing wrong with... Doing stuff with their kids, have a great relationship, relationship with great their relationship kids, but you got to parent them. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. exactly, and that's and I think that's the problem nowadays. You know, I didn't become friends with my dad till I was older, <laughs> till I was in mid to late teens. Yeah, but you know, up until that point, my, my dad was you know. I, well, I was it's interesting. My dad. You you think about this, all the fighters, everybody that comes, even when they don't know him, there's something about your dad that he projects that commands respect. Everybody calls it's, him Mr. Like T. Aura. Yeah, I mean everybody just. He's somebody that you know 
has earned it without even getting to know that person. You know, he, I mean, that's what I love about him, you know? I mean, grown-ass men, like, yes, sir, no, sir. I mean, we're all, all like that, man. Damn, I'm almost as old as your dad. <laughs> and it's like, yes, sir, yes, sir. Like, yes, we were sir. training this morning. Yes, sir, yes, sir. You know what I mean? But that's, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, you know? I, I agree 100%. So, and, and, and it, I wouldn't be the person I am if it wasn't for him. Yeah. Him and my mom. For sure. Raising us, you know, putting us through hard times and, you know, making us work. I remember as a kid, you know, my, my younger brother started to get a little fluffy. We were, you know, he's getting ready to go. You know how kids do. Yeah, yeah. My dad wasn't having it. No. All summer long. Sweet tea? Uh, yes, it was sweet yeah. tea. <laughs> All summer long, man. Tony Thompson, sweet tea. My dad had us under the crawl space of the house where our house was, our, you know, our house was, we lived in the neighborhood, the first yeah. house built, and all the other houses put all their debris and bricks under the crawl space of our house. Right. All summer long, we're under there. We had one hour off a day, seven day, uh, six days a week, we had Sunday Ooh. off. Ooh. By the end of the summer, shredded. I remember yeah. one time we came home, you know, it started sprinkling a little bit. We were, all right, guys, you know, let's go, on to, let's go on the house. Dad gets home. Steven, Tony, Evan, get out here right now. What y'all doing? What started raining? Boom! Smoke him. Knocks him on the ground. Looks at Evan. Boom! Smokes him. Of course, Tony's like this big, so he just like pushes him down. <laughs> He's like, you chase girls in the rain. You work in the rain. So we were over the house, man. By the end of the summer, shredded. Yep. Shredded. Make it men. That's right. Build them That's right. Yeah, I guess I got to start doing that. that. There's nothing no, wrong with making you young work. That is what our society lacks today. Like, without question. We're not getting all preachy. Like, we need a little bit of a Spartan mentality in our life to build a strong society. Right. You know? and, 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 you know, from that, you know, I, I didn't I never had a rough life, but I think I turned out okay. Yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> what you got, Shorty? Uh, for me, man, there's a lot of times I was terrified to just see my dad sometimes. Because my dad, for if you don't know, my dad was a goon in a gang. He was just, I was a weed, cocaine, steroid baby. My dad beat us up either... Because we were in his way, or he was trying to teach us how to fight. So I would always have to play body shots with my big brother, who's eight years older, or my father or other gang members. So it was just one of those wow. ways that I learned how to be that inside brute fighter. Yeah. But we were watching, uh, it's actually it scares the hell out of me think about it. We were watching uh, boxing. Just whatever boxing fights, whatever came on, whether it was pay-per-view, HBO, you know, HBO After Dark, whatever the case may be. And my dad always made us watch it. So we can study film. Right. And I'm sparring with my brother and also playing with my dad. I'm the youngest one. My brother being eight years older, closer to my father. So he's yeah. being a little rougher with him and kind of just pushing me over to the side. And uh, the round was about to start. So my dad's like, all right, stop, stop, stop. I'm already in midair, like going Superman, <laughs> punching my dad in the face. And I'm like four or five years old. So I can punch as hard as I want. And, you know, it doesn't really yeah, hurt yeah. them. But I have these sharp, bony knuckles at four or five years old, and I clip them right in the cheekbone. You cut him, right? Yeah, I have a picture of it, too. I freaking punched him, and I cut him. And I remember standing there. My brother was my protector. you know. And I remember standing there, and I was just like... Londo left you high and dry, didn't Dude, he? Dude, my brother disappeared. Oh, like it, he literally was like a ghost. He's like, yeah, I'm just. You ever see the Homer Simpson meme where he just goes <laughs> yeah, and pushes? He he's like, no, I can't. That's the you. That's on you, pal. He just Have fun. Up. No, he disappeared, and I remember just being terrified, like already crying before I got my butt kicked because I was just, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And my dad looks at me super pissed and gets him and runs to the kitchen, and I'm just like, I don't know what he's gonna do. He's contemplating stuff. He's getting a knife. He's doing something. <laughs> he's I don't know what's me. happening, and. Little I know, I'm, I'm sitting there crying for like an hour or two just waiting for an ass yeah. kicking. He never showed up. And years later, you know, after like the memory comes back, years later, he took a picture and he's like, this was one of my proudest moments. 
because I taught oh, wow. you how to punch. No way. And I was just like, oh, that was one of my scariest moments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here nervous by trying to figure out what he, where your dad's coming back with. Yeah, yeah. My dad, I'm nervous. His dad, dad was no joke, man. God. He's this big, like, but I, no I, joke. I took ass kickings. My brother, especially because my father was younger and like in the prime of his gang life, mm-hmm. my brother got it way worse than I did. But man, it's he 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 definitely wasn't afraid to show that he was mad. And what about? I know you were raised by your mother. Was there any any point in your life where you're just like, oh man? You know what? You know my mom and I. I mean, she was 14 when she had me, so we grew up together. And there was no male influence in my life and, until I was 19. By that point, I was already in the Marine Corps. So there was never a time that I was afraid of anything, and I was a real shithead because of it. Like, I really I lacked a moral compass and discipline, you know, and it, it showed in the choices I made. But I will tell you that when my mom married... Ed, and you know, he and I developed that rapport. I remember that it wasn't even anything bad, but he was—we were both Marines, and I was like half an hour late to something. Oh yeah. And he, from being a Marine and being on TV, like timing was everything to mm-hmm. him. And I showed up. I was with my wife, and she's like, "Oh, what's the big deal?" I was waiting on her, which is why we were late, right? And I said, baby, you have no idea. Like this, like you don't, there was something, he's like your dad. Like you just respected yeah. him, you know? Yeah. The whole time, he was sitting there. He just looked down on his watch. He looked at me when I walked in. And it was just that, I'm so disappointed in you. That's that crushed part. me. Yeah. You know? Because I grew up without a dad. And then this man decided he wanted to be my dad and gave of himself so much. So the fact that I disappointed him, even if it's something as insignificant as just being, I mean, like, I didn't, I, did I do anything wrong? No, my wife was late. Yeah. But to him, I didn't manage my situation. I didn't take care right. of my business. And man, so that's mine. Not near as bad as you guys, <laughs> but you know, I think there's something about when you you're you have a relationship with somebody and you disappoint them. Yeah. It's that knowledge that you've disappointed them that's really kind of the heavy it makes toll. Makes it worse. Yeah, now, I sure. see it all the time, especially with kids that look up to me in kids' classes. You know, and they're not, maybe they're not doing something at home or not listening to mom and dad. And you know, that's one of the words that I learned growing up that just really stuck to me. I never want to disappoint, disappoint my dad. Yeah. I said, listen, man, you know, little Johnny, I'm, I'm really disappointed in you, and you can just see it. It just, crushes them, dude. Yeah, their like, heart just oh. sinks. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, you show them some love, and yeah, sure. and what it's all, you know. Let them know. Let them know you're disappointed, but everything's going to be okay. Hey, so we can build this back up and go exactly. again. All right, Shorty, get us on to the next Let's section. Let's go. So, Come on. That was The Furious Five. How, how do you oh. say it again? How do you say it again? The Furious Five. We're I'm done with that. Panda. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm Tigress. So one of the topics that I really wanted to bring to you, especially because you had such a vast kickboxing career. What, what was your record in kickboxing? It was 57 and, and 0. Yeah, 57 and, and you, 0. again, dominated the sport. What made you transition to MMA? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I was fighting in an organization called the World Combat League. This was kind of like Chuck Norris's baby, right? Mm-hmm. It was kind of a combination between... It was like it was on TV yeah, all over the place. Yeah, it was on the Channel when the Versus Channel was around. Uh, I ended up tearing every ligament in my left leg. Mm-hmm. Right? By, by um, the way, you've got some tender knees. You've, you've damaged your knees quite a few times over the years, I have. Right? Is that because of the style you fight? Um, no, I think it was just. Or you a, just got bitch knees. It was. It could happen too. Honestly, it could happen too. You never know. I think I love so. the WB. I love you too, man. <laughs> 
I think it's I, I, I do think it's after that first knee injury. Um, for me, growing up, I'm always, I was always flipping in karate. You know, flipping and doing crazy spin kicks. We call it tricking. Um, I was doing a whole lot of that. And before that fight, I ended up, I think, not knowing it, but tearing my, my MCL. And well, first, that gives you the stability to everything. Right? Exactly. I was like, I've done that. That's not so first 30 seconds in that first round, I was finding a guy named Raymond Daniels. Mm-hmm. I ended up tearing every ligament in my left leg. So my MCL was gone, which was holding, you know, uh, keeping my knee from caving in from the inside. And that's exactly what happened. Um, ended up tearing everything. Was out. For three years, they took 40% of my meniscus out. Oh, man. And I've had uh, four knee surgeries on my left and two on my right. And the reason that I had the knee surgery on my right was because, um, you know, compensating. Yeah. Compensating. And uh, in that time, uh, I was on my way back, you know, back to the fighting. And I, f- I was fighting a guy in Montreal, Canada. And the guy had a really good record, had some really crazy knockouts, was a veteran of kickboxing. We get to Montreal, lo and behold, we get up there, and George St. Pierre and Faraz Zahabi was in my opponent's corner. <laughs> so I'm like, man, this dude's got to you know, be, be legit. Be legit. And this is a, you know, the, the welterweight UFC champion right here. And I ended up knocking the guy out in the fifth round. And it was cool because you know, after the fight, the guy was super nice. Uh, GSP and Faraz Zahabi, as knowledgeable as those guys are, they were like, hey, man, we've been following your career. We love your kickboxing. We love your style. We'd love for you to come out and you know, get some training with GSP. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Heck yeah, let's do this. So, ended up going out to Montreal and uh, becoming good friends with GSP. Yeah, and here's the thing. You're humble, so you won't say it. But George has referred to you, not once, but like many times, as the greatest striker in combat sports. That's a hell of an accolade, you know, to come from a guy mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, your style has just been, it's it's something that, that has been refreshing, I think, for a lot of, especially MMA fans to see, yes, you know. But it's, it wasn't just MMA. All combat sports. And me, I'm just, I'm just glad to be a part. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know? You're like, what? I'm just glad to be what a part. What are you talking about? Oh, man. And, and, and I learned a lot from training with him, too. We became good buddies, and he started to bring me out for every one of his camps. Tiago Alves, Carlos Condent, BJ Penn, Matt Serra the second time, just all of his camps. We became good buddies. And through him, you know, I started training with Nate Marquardt. That's right. I, Nate I, I ended up meeting Nate the Great. Who's a huge inspiration to me as well. Yeah, he's a hell of a man. Yeah, great guy, good family man, amazing martial artist. Uh, he also has a karate background as yep, well. Yep. And then Rashad Evans. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, I'm training with all these champions. I'm like, man, you know, I'm learning so much. And I actually started learning, you know, I put, I was studying jujitsu and wrestling uh, in my teenage years, but I right. put that on the back burner because I was focused on kickboxing. Yeah. And at the time, kickboxing was a lot bigger than MMA. When did, when did Lindsay marry Carlos? Oh man! Because that gave you the, uh, the access to a lot of jujitsu as well. Yes, and and that and you know I'm a brown belt um, underneath Carlos Machado at this point, and I think it was t- early 2000, 2002. I okay. believe it was two thousand two. So right out of high school, mm-hmm. you know, I, I started training with uh, with, uh, with Carlos, and they ended up hitting it off. And next thing you know, he becomes family. So. Now I got him whenever. That's right. Yeah. On tap. Whenever. It's a trap. No. Yeah, we got you, baby. We got him. We got him high five my sister yeah. Lindsay. Let's go. The, the, the Simpsons or Simpsonville, <laughs> uh, the Thompsons in Simpsonville, uh, South Carolina are building the army of martial artists, man. That is you, the plan. You, you've got, you know, your family. 
You got the Machados, the Weidmans, like. And now, now their move to South Carolina. The Weidmans are in South Carolina. Are they really? Yeah. Oh they moved man. To South Carolina. You know what? Why not though? From New right. York to, I mean, oh, come on. Hundred percent. Quality of life, cost of living, raising children, yeah. all that stuff. It's, and they're loving it. And That's cool. Because so. Chris is awesome, man. Oh, He's a great guy. dude. I love that guy. And, and you know, and this all started, like you said, training with GSP, mm-hmm. just meeting all these guys. You know, helping Rashad Evan help. You know, I, I went out there to help him get ready for Leota Machida. And while I was out there, by the way, per- you're the perfect yeah. guy for that. right? Oh man, it was it was great, and that's how I met Nate first yeah. time out there. And uh, yeah, because they were all in Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. Yeah, exactly. Right. It was awesome. So I learned a lot of training with these guys, and, and and I found myself learning more wrestling and jujitsu just to be a better sparring partner for these guys, and um, just the mindset, which is why they were champions. The mindset they had was just amazing. And that's something I've t- taken with me through my whole MMA career, mm-hmm. right? And um, so that they were my inspiration to switch from kickboxing to MMA, and of course I had to modify my whole striking, no. you know, stance, the movement because every time I would blitz on GSP, he would just change the Next thing I know, I was on my back. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, I'm sitting there, wait, you know, keeping myself up at night, trying to figure out ways to prevent that. So, so how did you adjust your style, but still keep your style? Well, it all started with my stance. You know, everything that I do is based off of my movement, right? right? Based off of my movement. So, you know, the angles, the, 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 the blitzing, the, the, you know, transition from your hands to your feet, um, that all had, I had to go back and really change that. And all I, and basically all, what I came up with, lower my stance a little bit. It's what your pops and I were working on today with me. Lowering that stance. Yeah, he's like, man, just... You know, put your foot out, that brings you down, that opens up your hip, and then you throw and you get you know longer extension in your punch. Exactly. And I've always fought with my hands down as well. Yep. Right. So I, I was like, you know what? You know, most of the guys I'm gonna be, be facing are gonna want to take me down. So this, number one, I learned from, from Muhammad Ali, helps distribute my weight right. with my hands down. Here, number one, most of the people when they fight you, they look at you in your eyes. Right. You know, they're supposed to be looking mid you know, yeah. center mass, but they look here. So if my hands are here, they see my hands coming a mile away. But down here, very difficult to see where your hands are coming. It helps distribute my weight. Yeah, it's a little bit dangerous. I don't rec- recommend that to just anybody. No, you got to have movement. Years to of training, right. right? You can't Years be of... me. You can't be me. Yeah. Right <laughs> or certainly not me. <laughs> yeah. Years of training just kind of figured this out. But it, it helps me with my takedown defense as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because it Having allows my... you to frame and get to sprawl and all exactly. that easier. Right? Exactly. With my wider stance, um, you know, it's a little bit easier to defend a guy with a single leg than a, than a double, right? They get around both legs. They're, they're, they're picking up dumping on your head. And so your wide stance makes it harder to get to the double. Right. It makes it so much easier. And it allows me to angle change um, just off of a win. I mean, backing up, moving forward. Um, so what I would say is what it helped me the most was just widening my stance up and just a lot of experience, a lot of sparring, a lot of training with wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, like GSP, you know, Nate Marquardt, yep. Rashad Evans, Chris Weidman. Yep. Um, I've trained with some of the best strikers in the world as well. Uh, Anderson Silva, Leo, um, uh, Leo Machida spent, you know, several weeks up in, in California at Black House training with those guys. Right. So just putting myself with the best people out there, yep. you know, and I'm, I was so, you know, fortunate to be able to do, so blessed to be able to go, go out there and do that. Um, just taking advantage of everything around me and be able to go do that was was a huge help. Um, just a lot of sparring, smart sparring. Yeah. There, 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 there's the there's the right way to spar and the wrong way to spar, and I've and I've experienced both. Sure. You know, going to sit different places and 
as soon as you step on the mask, like guys are trying to rip your head off. You yeah, know? No, it's you not, it doesn't make it fun. We need to get better here. Exactly. You know? you know, I'm not trying to defend myself and I can't work on anything in that environment. Yeah. Right? Sure. You know, I, I got to be able to, to allow myself to make mistakes. So I, I, I got a question, which a little bit off topic, but still very much on point, which is since you've been in the UFC, what's the favorite fight you had, regardless of what the outcome was? What fight did you enjoy the most? Wow, I would say it was the Johnny Hendricks fight. I think that and the Jake Ellenberger. Yeah, because I, I do want to say this with the Johnny Hendricks fight. I was a part of his camp for that. Oh fight. no way! And my weight manager specialist nutrition worked with him for that fight, and he that was the first time Johnny Hendricks had a six pack. He looked phenomenal. You know, he was phenomenal. He looked great. And and that was supposed to be like his big comeback after the whole GSP stuff and and Robbie Lawler. So it's like, man, he's gonna make a big return, and you just blew him out the water. You know, like, how did you feel even going into that fight? Well, number one, I mean, especially with both guys, because not only they had wrestling, but they could put you out with one punch. Yeah. They had yeah, that big one. Power. They were extremely well-rounded yeah. fighters. Yeah. You know, big old strength. country boy strength. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, just knock you out. I mean, just barely could be, just put you to sleep. So, and it was a, it was a big step up for me as well. You know, I was, I don't know if I was even ranked when I fought Jake Ellenberger. But, uh, um, I think it's the fight that ranked you. It was. Right. It was the yeah. fight that ranked me. So, I was super nervous going, especially... Guys, they'll put you to sleep. One make one mistake, as we all know, could could put you away. But there was these guys were phenomenal wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So knowing that going into going into training camp for this fight, I really worked on my wrestling, my wrestling, and brought in some really good guys. Nate Marquardt being one of them. And that's how I actually met Lex mm-hmm. was through Nate was through Nate Marquardt. And um, um, I think those fights, you know, knowing that they at some point they're going to want to take me down. So if I was able to keep my my and that was kind of actually a true test to to you know all the modifications that I've had. Is this going to work? Mm-hmm. And against the Jake Ellenberg, it really did. You know, he hit me with that inside trip, and I ended up you know lateral dropping him, and ended up on top. And, yeah. and, I, and I, I, I kind of broke after that. You know, that yeah, was his go to right. thing. Was you broke down. his you know plan. Like, right. Oh, so man, at that point, working. like he's like, what, what do I do? Right. I know this guy's going to strike strike me, and I can't take the guy down. It literally took everything away, and from then on. I could just see him mentally just break. And I know going into the Johnny Hendricks fight, if I could do just that, mm-hmm. he's going to break as well. Yep. And at that, in that first round, he ends up getting him in the cage. Um, he ends up trying to take me down. I took, I cut my, I took my, you know, kept my cool. Um, you know, working with these guys, these high-level grapplers and wrestlers, um, you know, I, it's like I've been there before. Mm-hmm. You know, I always put myself in training in uncomfortable situations. So that You way, have to. Like, if you, you don't... Like, I mean, I told the guys, I said, listen, man, like when I, when I started this camp, I said, I love you guys, but I've asked you to be here because I know you love me enough to, to push me. Right. You know, and if you're not pushing me, then there's a problem. Like you, like Mo cracked me in, in the face the other day and, and, I, and like cut me up and I, and I was laughing. I was like, this is awesome, <laughs> dude. Like this, this Let is you what know I want. you alive. Yeah. This is what I wanted, you yeah. know. I and then like you know I'm on the ground and I'm like watching these like big ham hocks come piling down on me and I'm trying to defend them. And in my, the back of my mind, even in the in the heat of the moment, I'm like, this is exactly what I have to have, you know. And who better to do it for you than the, than the people that love you? Exactly. And you know what? Watching that go down uh, the other day, watching you spark, put a smile. Uh, the, this is the biggest smile on my face because. I know that right there is what's going to make you successful. Yeah, 100%. You know? and, and not only that, but you being comfortable with it. Yeah. 
And that's what everybody, especially at the highest level, I see guys out there, um, you know, take a day off or oh, let's make this sparring session easy. And, and that's, all, that's all they do, right? Mm-hmm. They're not used to being uncomfortable out there. Yeah. I know when I got Chris Wyman, you know, grinding me down to the ground, you know, being heavy, still punching me in the face, exhausting me. And I'm working my butt off to try and get mm-hmm. up knowing I can't, but right. I'm still trying. And there is some point where he's on top of me and I can't even breathe. And I'm like, you know what? This fight's not going to be this. It's not going to be this hard. That's the way I look at it. It's not going to be this hard. The fight that I have, I mean, no disrespect to my opponent. He's got a hell of a lot more experience than I do. You know, he's got 25 plus fights, I think 27 fights. But he, I guarantee you, he is not under, certainly under a condensed period of time, had the accumulation of of pure talent and knowledge focused on him the way that I have. And, you know, I'm blessed that that's been the opportunity, man. I've got so many amazing people just yes. just giving me, giving me, giving me, helping me get better. Uh, I, I just feel like there's – and then having, you know, sparred with Yuli Monster, Rami Hamed, who has a style just so similar to yours. I would and say so better. Elite. I mean, he's, he's going to be in the UFC, this he, guy. And he's going to be guy that you work with on a regular basis. In, in my garage, yeah. he and I are, you know, training. And Tell then having, then having um, you know, Big Mo, who is – Way heavier and stronger than, than this guy's going to be. Like, if I can weather those storms and still actually, in, in, in quite a few instances, execute some of the things that I need to be doing right. offensively and from a strategy standpoint, I'm like, man, there's nothing this guy's going to have. Like, I still got to go out and fight. I know it. But I at least feel like I don't have to worry about the unknown of what it's going to feel like right. if, if I'm put in a bad situation. Man, I... I guarantee you the situation won't be near as bad as what I had to deal with the other <laughs> exactly. night with Mo, man. I know. I, when I, I saw... seen that, I'm like, oh my God, how are you surviving this right now? <laughs> I would not be underneath Big Mo, man. No, but zero fun. Tell me that doesn't give you confidence, right? No, 100% Tell confidence. me that doesn't give you confidence. If people are afraid to be uncomfortable. You have to be uncomfortable. That's how you grow. You have to. And, and to go out there and be put in that situation, I see guys get put in those situations, and then you can tell in their eyes they're looking for a way out. Yeah. Not me. When Tyron Woodley had me in that guillotine after knocking me down twice in that first fight, I was like, you know what? I've been here. There's, there's, I'm not giving up. This guy's going to have to put me away or choke me out because I'm not tapping. Right. Right? Yep. And the only way to get to that point is to be in those uncomfortable situations. That doesn't mean getting beat up, up you know, all right, the time. Right, but right. Be, being, being yeah. exhausted when you got these big guys on you. Being hit in the head, you know, um, you know, let you, but but having a good sparring part at the same time, they're not going to kill you, but they're also giving you that good look, right? right? So so WB good. like, and we're getting kind of towards I think what you know the end of the the, the podcast here, but I don't want to leave without because I've been around you for so many years and heard some of the things that you tell like that your students, here's some of the knowledge that your dad gives to you, you know how you even talk to fans and everything. If you were giving a young fighter starting out, you know some advice on what, you know, what would be that, that kind of nugget of advice you would give a young fighter starting out? Well, for one, if it's in the, the fight game, the fight game is not, is not an easy game. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes along with it. Um, not just to your family and friends, but to your own self, to your body as well. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be things that are going to, um, you know, injury, you know, yep. firsthand experience. Doctor told me I'd never fight again after tearing every leg of my left leg. Mm-hmm. But, hey, Doc, you were a little wrong, bro. <laughs> exactly. Just a tad a little wrong. Bit. A little bit. My boy's fought for the title twice and is on the hunt again. Yes, sir. Just a little bit. But keeping that positive attitude, but keeping a small circle sure. of good people, good mm-hmm. training partners, good, you know, for me, it's my family and my friends and my training partners. 
um, that will keep you focused. There are times where you're gonna wanna give up, but those people are the ones that are gonna save you. So I would say reach out, find those people, and you'll know who they are when you sure. meet them. Sure. Um, for me, it, it, you know, it's you guys, obviously. It's my, it's my dad, it's my sparring partners that sacrificed themselves to help me get to where I'm at. Those are the guys I look to whenever I'm, whenever I'm, I'm feeling like um, you know, things aren't working right. Yeah. So find those people. And uh, keep that small circle. That's great advice. You, you have got a lot. You'll have a lot of yes men out there, and yeah. you see that in high level fighters as well. You got a lot of guys who are just not gonna, you know, be real with you. Yeah. So, All right, I love it. Out. I love it. WB, thank you so much for coming on, brother. I'm Lex McMahon, Jose Shorty Torres, <sighs> Wonderful <laughs> Twins Podcast. Check us out. <laughs>